Welcome, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Pastor Blair Blakesley, and I'm here to Blair the good news of Jesus around the world. I'm glad that you're here and just excited about today's uh, today's topic. But I did want to shoot back to last week. Last week, our topic was point your family to Jesus. And I tell you, and I tell you every week, I love to hear testimonies. And I had a couple of testimonies that came in when it was uh, on Facebook. <clears throat> under my, uh, my script, and uh, just want to, actually, I want to share her testimony. I won't tell her name, even though it was on fa- Facebook, and you can read it and see who it is. I just didn't want to embarrass her, uh, but I did want to read it, uh, what, what she wrote, and so this is about someone that was uh, impactful on her life in helping point her to Jesus as she was growing up. I'll just get it here real quick. And I'll read it to you. Uh, She's a great writer. My wife has read stuff of hers in the past. She's just very articulate, smooth, concise, clean, everything. I just, uh, and when I read it, I'm like, wow, she's a, she's a good writer. And I, you know, read it to Karen and she was like, oh, she's a good writer. So we both thought the same thing. Anyways, it says this, blaring back at Blair. She said, I don't listen to all of your talks. And in parentheses put, I don't want to get your head. I don't want you to get a big head. or I don't want your head to swell. But I certainly have benefited from the ones I get to hear. The first time, now she's going into her testimony. The first time I heard about Jesus was when I was put in foster care as a young one. My foster dad tucked me in nightly and said a prayer for me. I didn't understand it then. But as I look back, I'm thankful for the people that took me in and the care they had for me beyond my physical needs. It's been a goal of mine to remember and contact each one that played a role in where my eternity will be spent. And then she just said like a, kind of like a a nice thing about, you know, about me, which is nice. I appreciate that. She said, your love for Christ, seemingly fearlessness in sharing and enthusiasm has been an example to me. I love your heart, keep on keeping on. So thank you for sharing that. And really, it's a testimony of God. I, I'm thinking of who she is today, a godly woman. And, and where did it start? It started back at a foster care and someone just investing Christ into her life. Boy, that's, you know, that's, that's awesome. And so today, <clears throat> today is kind of similar to last week, um, in a sense, because it has to do with somebody that's impactful in your life. But uh, it's called, Who is Your Spiritual Hero? So we all have spiritual heroes, somebody that has somehow impacted our life, that uh, has inspired us closer to the Lord, or maybe was um, key in helping us accept Christ into our lives. Maybe they were the ones that led you to the saving knowledge of Christ. Uh, or just be somebody maybe at a low time that you're you're at a difficult walk in your life and they came along. It was a great encouragement to you, whatever that might be. But today we're going to look in Second Kings chapter four, verses one through seven. And we're going to look at a spiritual hero. Uh, there was a, a gentleman who's a prophet named Elisha, and he saw this woman in need. She reached out to him and he had compassion on her. So let's just jump in. I want to read it to you. And then we'll just go in, go in from there. We'll just keep, keep on keeping on. All right, here we go. Second Kings, excuse me. Chapter four, verses one through seven. So here we go. The wife of a man 
from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha. His wife, uh, you know, uh, her husband was a prophet. She cried out to Elisha. She said, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he was, he, you know that he loved the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as, as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, well, how can I help you? Tell me what you have in your house. Your servant has nothing there. And then she says, your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a little oil. Elisha said, well, go around. Ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for a few jars. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. And then begin to pour the oil into all the, jo in all the jars. And as each is filled, put it to the side. She left Elisha and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and kept pouring. When all the jars were filled, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he said, uh, we don't have any more. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. All right, I just want to recap what was read here. We have a, a family, a wife, a husband, and two sons. And he's a prophet. He hangs out in the company of other prophets and serves the Lord that way. And boom, for whatever reason, something happened, doesn't say, but he died. And now she's left alone with raising her two sons and she doesn't have money coming in. And she's, she can't pay her debts. She can't pay her bills. And she's uh, just, she's in trouble. And the, the, the creditors come and they're like, hey, we're going to come back next time. And the next time we come back, if you don't have the money for us, we're going to take your sons as payment and we're going to sell them as slaves. Now, can you imagine? I mean, can you imagine? I mean, just somebody coming into your house saying, um, hey, uh, come to get your son and daughter because uh, or for whatever reason. And I mean, we would be I mean, we'd just be horrified at such a thing. But here this is real. This is real to her. She's going to lose her sons. And so she sees Elisha, who's also a prophet. And she just cries out to him, Elisha, your, your friend, you, you know, this, my husband, he, he's, he's died. And now I'm, I'm in trouble financially. And they're going to come and take my two sons as, as payment and sell them for slaves. Help me. You, you know my husband. You know that he loved the Lord. Please have pity on us. Have compassion. And he's like, well, okay, well, what do you want me to do? I mean, like, what do you have in your house? Just kind of probably fishing to see what, what things she had. And she's like, like, hey, uh, we're poor. You know, she didn't have any money. We don't have anything. And then she just remembered, well, I have this little jar here. I mean, I have a jar with just a little bit of olive oil left in it. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, he goes, here's what I want you to do. Go, go to all your neighbors and collect as many jars as you possibly can. I mean, you ask for as many as you can get. And then when, I mean, you take your two sons with you and I don't care how you do it, you spread out or whatever, but you gather in all the jars that you can find and then you bring them to your house and then shut the door behind you. Nobody else can come in, just you three then behind the closed doors, begin to pour oil, the, the olive oil that you have left, just begin to pour it into the other jars. Like, well, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. So off they go. I mean, like, it seems kind of weird, doesn't it? Hey, we're going to get all these jars and we're going to put olive oil in. Well, all we have is just a little bit. 
But they stepped out in faith. They stepped out in faith, got the jars, brought them in the house. And as they began to tip that last little bit of olive oil out of the jar, God did a miracle and just let the olive oil continue to flow. And boom, they fill the jar, cap it, set it to the side, fill. And they just went on and on and on, filling jar after jar after jar. And there's like, she pours the last one. She's like, is there any more? I, I don't see any more. And he's like, mom, that's it. That's all we got. So cap it, set aside. And then she goes and finds Elisha. And he's a man of God and says, Elisha, uh, we, we've, done, we've done what you asked. Now, here's what you have to understand about this olive oil. Because Elisha says to her, okay, now go sell the olive oil and <clears throat> pay your debt. Well, olive oil is, is a valuable commodity, was back then. And they, it was used for a lot of different things. Now, King Solomon, he, uh, he had olive oil, and that was a source of wealth for him because it was valuable. And he, it was used throughout the Bible. It was used for food and for cooking. It was used for lights, uh, um, oil for lights. You know, the, you have to light the lamps that they carried around with them. They, it was used for that. It was used for anointing sick people or for anointing someone in a prestigious position. It was used for that. It was used uh, in particular religious ceremonies and used in offerings. And they made offerings, not all offerings, but some offerings to the Lord, they would use the olive oil in doing the offering. So here's now, they go and, I mean, Elisha, go and sell, you know, what you need to sell and pay off your debt. And then the rest of it, you and your sons are going to be able to live off of. I mean, that's, that's crazy. I mean, that's, that's, that's a miracle. It's crazy to think that something like that could happen. But here's the lady that was need, in need. And, and this prophet Elisha stepped into her life. And, and, and God, through him, did a miracle for her and saved her two sons. They didn't have to be sold for slaves. And I'm telling you, if, if you've ever you know, had a sick child and thought, when I, I could lose this child, or maybe you have lost a child, you understand the agony of having to see something like that happen to someone, but then have somebody step into your life and God uses them to, to bring a, an answer to prayer, to bring a miracle. It's just, it, it has to, it has to draw us to our knees and to the Lord and just say, thank you, Jesus, for this, this intervention. And you know, if this woman was here today and we'd say, who's your spiritual hero? I'm sure she would say Elisha was her spiritual hero and probably the two sons as well. Look, I mean, who is your spiritual hero? Who is somebody that's had an impact in your life? And I just want to share, like, when I recommitted my life to Christ when I was 18 years old, going on 19, quickly, um, I mean, it, it changed my life. And, and from that point on, God began to bring people into my life to help me to grow in my faith. But, but I, I came to Jesus with a poor self-esteem, <clears throat> didn't like myself. And I shared my testimony 
on here before, but for those who didn't hear, I didn't like myself. I didn't think other people liked me and an inferiority complex. It was hard for me to make eye contact, especially with, with girls for fear they were thinking, don't look at me, I don't like you. And, uh, but God just brought different people. I, when I went to college, I felt God was calling me to be a pastor. I went to college and I prayed to the Lord, God, you know how I feel about myself. Just bring me friends. Just bring me people into my life that can help, help me see myself as you see me, not as I see myself. And so my roommate was Mark Halford, and he was a, a big guy. And, and that just kind of scared me right off the bat because I was bullied in school, ninth and 10th grade especially, and some in 11th grade. And I just uh, thought, okay, here we go. I'm going to have a bad experience with this roommate. Thank you, Lord. And, but, but God brought Mark into my life, and he was just, he loved Jesus. And we became great friends. And we, we prayed together, and we just, we, we just had talks about the Lord. I mean, he was a great inspiration in my life. We had a lot of fun, too. We did practical jokes. In fact, I'll tell you a little story about Mark Halper. I mean, I love the guy. I still love the guy. We're, we're friends on Facebook. But um, one particular day, I mean, if I can just say this, Mark Halford, he, he walked around just like just in his underwear. You know, we're in our dorm, which, you know, it's okay. You can do that. But not, not all. Everybody did that. So he's, uh, he's in our, our room. And the phone, because we didn't have cell phones, we just had a phone outside our door on one end of the, the hallway and then a phone on at the other end of the hallway, but it was right outside our door. So we could take the phone off the hook and come in and chat on the phone. Well, he's, he's got his chair backwards, like this chair here. And he's sitting on it like this. And he's talking on the phone to, who, you know, whoever he's talking to. I don't remember who he's talking to, which isn't important. And, uh, but he's sitting there in his underwear and I had an ink pen in my hand and it had one of those click, click things on it. So what I did was I clicked it so that it was sticking out. But if I let it go, it, it would cave in. So I started writing on his back in big letters, Mark. And I started up there and he goes, what are you doing? I go, and I let the thing come out and I go, nothing, it, it's not even sticking out. So then he's talking on the phone and I put, I write Mark on his back and uh, and then I leave to go to the library and uh, so he's walking around, you know, the dorm afterwards and people like, hey, you, you got your name on the on your back. So when I come back from the libraries, you know, you know, get ready for bed, my sleeping bag and pillow are outside our dorm with the door locked. And uh, so that was his way of getting back to me, um, eventually did let me in. But hey, but we had fun. I mean, this we, we had fun, but he was a spiritual inspiration. I appreciated him so much, and I still do. And then uh, God brought Jeanette Ballast into uh, my life. Uh, she was a spiritual leader for our small group. It was consisted of boys and girls. And she, she, challenged, she challenged us, but I definitely was challenged in my faith walk. And she was an encourager. Um, <clears throat> she uh, helped me understand the scriptures better and just fed, I was just fed spiritually through her, but she would, again, she would try and stretch us and encourage us and, and, and everything. But one thing she did one time, which I was like, 
<coughs> I don't want to say I was offended, but I was a little bit like caught back. Um, you know, she was walking with me and talking to me. She goes, "Now listen, you know, I I care about you, and I just wanna I just wanna help you, but I got you some breath mints." Uh, and she says, "I just thought maybe, you know, you would you'd want to use them." Okay, <laughs> okay, I guess. <coughs> Sorry about that. I guess I better start using them. So anyway, she was a she was just a a great spiritual leader and friend, and and God just blessed me through her. And then the next person came into my life, and, and that was Mark Sabone, who was also a spiritual leader. And uh, we had a small group, again, guys and girls that met. And it was in a church setting. We started a, like a, um, I guess, you know, it wasn't a church, but we met on Sunday nights. And, it, and we had a service. And we didn't call it church. We called it a fellowship gathering. But really, I guess it's like church. And he taught me about spiritual gifts and to know that, hey, we all have spiritual gifts. He helped me to identify what my gifts were and taught us how we could work together as a team in the body of Christ. And that just gave me a new concept about wow, how the church is run and, and how we can work together and be as one in Christ and not have to be against each other and, and, uh, and promote Jesus just through our different gifts and encouragement, uh, not just amongst ourselves, but amongst the congregation that came in, the people that came in for the fellowship. So uh, those are three people that were key in my life and helped me to grow in my faith walk. Um, I'll tell you one thing I really appreciated about Mark Sorbonne and the group that we were in. There's about 10 or 12 of us um, that met at least once, well, we, we had our Sunday night, but we met before that as well, just to, to learn and grow and that, that sort of thing. But we'd go out on little trips, and I just remember Jim Slating, this, this big, strong guy that was uh, on the team. We were staying at somebody's house because we were visiting down near Washington, D.C., and uh, we're in the basement, and it's, you know, it's pitch dark, and there's a, a light that we can turn on if we need to go to the restroom down in the basement there, and and I got up and turned the light on, went to the bathroom. And then Jim's like, hey, keep the light on because I'm coming too. And so when he said that, I should shut the light off. And, and then he didn't know where the string was. And so I'm hiding behind this uh, heat, heat duct thing. And he's like, hey, turn that light on. I can't see, I can't see. So I'm just waiting for him to come by. And boy, when he came by, I just grabbed a hold of his leg, just went and just made a, a growl, loud, loud noise. Boy, he... He like screamed like a girl and, uh, and then, you know, turned the light back on. We had a good laugh. So, you know, I'm just saying it's great to have spiritual heroes in our lives and people that we can fellowship with and just be encouraged and have fun at the same time. So I'd love to hear from you, please. I'd love to hear who is your spiritual hero. Um, Put it on my, you know, when you get on and when you're listening to this at the bottom, there's a place that you can write stuff. I'd, I'd love for you to do that and and just share the testimonies of, of your lives with, with other people. And we can just praise the Lord and give glory to God in doing it. And if you're like a little nervous about it, well, then message me, text me or whatever. Uh, and, and just, you know, just love to hear, hear from you. So, all right. Well, thank you. Uh, it's great to have you here. And I just appreciate you. Love you. And hope you have a great week. 
and look forward to hearing from you and, and look forward to seeing you next week as well. God bless you.